Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We've been talking nonstop the last few weeks about conference realignment, destruction, reconstruction, whatever whatever you want to call it. So I'm really pumped to have Barrett Salee on, on the program. Awesome writer for CBSSports.com, over on CBS Sports HQ, host for SiriusXM's College Sports Radio Channel. That is number 84. And if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should be. I am at Barrett Salee. Barrett, man, busy, uh, busy couple weeks, huh? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been interesting, Phil. Uh, you know, last week was wild, and I was uh, on vacation and told to completely disconnect. And, man, I could not have picked a better week to go on vacation because the, uh, the level, the lack of sleep that some of my colleagues had was, uh, was through, the loop, uh, through the roof. But uh, it's been an interesting month. There's no doubt about it. Uh, do you have any sympathy, Barrett, for the Pac-12, given the fact that, that- – storied conference is over it certainly seems to be over as the pack four right now or for you is this more you reap what you sow you didn't handle the sharks in the water and too bad well i hate it because i like pac 12 football and, and personally i think pac 12 football this year is going to be unbelievably fun uh, but no they have themselves to blame larry scott george kliofkoff the last two com- the current commissioner and the last commissioner larry scott uh, really, I think, led this to the point where it was going to it was going to implode. Because I'm old enough to remember Bill, where back in the 2010s, early 2010s, the Pac-12 was about to be the Pac-16 and get Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, I think it was Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State was on that list. They could have been in a position where they could have been the second best conference in the country. And Larry Scott decided to be passive about it. George Klyovkov got the job a couple of years ago. He decided to be passive about it. And in between, the Pac-12 networks were a complete failure. So they have themselves to blame. And um, I, I think a lot of that does come now from George Klyovkov because he got into this business from an outside perspective and thought everybody was a friend. And in reality, everybody's looking out for themselves. And conversely, Brett Yormark, the new commissioner of the Big 12, came in like a shark and, and devoured everything that he could. And turns out that was the right move. That's great stuff. Barrett Salee here on, here on the show. So, Barrett, there obviously aren't many Pac-12 schools un, unaccounted for, un, unspoken for at, at this point. And I know the ACC has a little pause right now in their sort of planning and thinking. But if you're Stanford, if you're Cal, 
is the in your in charge of those universities is the ACC if that's an invitation is that your best option is there something else you should be thinking about for survival in the future yeah it's the best option because the Big 12 is not going to do anything I think it's hard for if, if there's any ACC interest you push as hard as you possibly can and that's what's happening and last night the the presidents met uh, in the ACC and it didn't seem like there was a lot of momentum for Stanford and Cal, I think the biggest advocate they have is Notre Dame because obviously the Notre Dame-Stanford rivalry is big and then Stanford and Cal can marry their rivalry together. And Notre Dame is obviously uh, the golden goose. And if Notre Dame's pushing for Stanford and Cal, maybe the ACC has a little bit better of a uh, chance to convince Notre Dame to come play football. So that's the only chance that Stanford and Cal have. So if that doesn't happen, they're essentially relying on the Mountain West, Pac-4 combination or whatever. And then I think Stanford specifically is in a terrible spot because from a financial standpoint, it's not necessarily football, although football would be effective. Stanford's got like 136,000 sports, right? You're going to be cutting a lot of those sports. I mean, it would be devastating to that athletic department. So, it's a desirable program because of that, but also it, it's going to make it hard to survive because of that if they don't get the ACC invitation. So uh, it, for Cal and Stanford, you're in a tough spot because you can't really go independent, especially for Stanford, although maybe there's a way to do that. But, I mean, there, there are no good answers. There are only bad answers, and there's a scale of bad answers, so you kind of have to look for the best of the bad. But – they're, they're not good for either of those schools. Barrett Salih here on the show. Barrett, it's, it's musical chairs, and obviously you're in worse shape if the music stops and you don't have a place to sit down. But for schools that are moving, that are the success stories, there are still some, some realities on the field when you change conferences. And, you know, I went to Mizzou, not that we were some powerhouse in the Big 12, but we certainly could get, could get, could get by, and that is not true anymore in the SEC. And maybe Nebraska is the, the poster child for this, right? Really successful, go to the Big Ten. It hasn't been the same. I know there's other factors. When you look at USC and UCLA, Oklahoma and Texas, and they go to their two respective different conferences, are do you see any of these schools as, as three or five or seven years from now having been heavily diminished on the field by virtue of being in the Big Ten or the SEC? Yeah, I think it's Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is in a position right now where we don't necessarily know what the health of the program is because Brent Venables was extremely underwhelming in his first season last season. So what is Oklahoma now? Because we've seen Oklahoma get smoked by the SEC under Lincoln Riley. I mean, we're talking about Lincoln Riley, one of the best coaches in the country. And now suddenly Oklahoma, which can't compete in the Big 12 right now without him, is going to come to the SEC and compete. I just don't see that happening. Plus, you know, the recruiting base for Oklahoma is Texas, but Texas has a lock on that in addition to Texas A&M. So it's, it's going to be tough sledding for, for Oklahoma. I think Texas is going to be in a little bit of the same position. I think USC and UCLA are interesting because USC, they'll be fine. Like, they'll be 100% fine. I think UCLA is in a tough spot because they're – they're kind of married. They're kind of the, the little brother or at least little cousin to USC making the move. But they've got a great coach. They've progressively built that program 
under Chip Kelly where I think they're pretty darn competitive and people don't recognize it. And I think there's, there's something to, to like about that. There's momentum that I think can help them have relative success in the Big Ten. Is UCLA going to go there and beat Ohio State, Michigan, USC? Uh, no, not initially. But selling L.A., if you can figure out a way to do it you know, in a different way than, than USC, I think that is attractive. So uh, of, of those four, I think it's Oklahoma. They're in a tough spot. Barrett, obviously the SEC is, is going to be just fine, and you noted how – how Machiavellian or, or aggressive, but successfully the, the Big Ten has been navigated. They're in good shape. A lot of the questions and thoughts have been about whether we're eventually at a, at a sort of mega, two mega conference system. But the Big 12, you know, right now at least is alive, right? It, 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 it seems to be in a position if they want to, and they are to expand rather than have, have teams taken out. You know, a chunk by chunk. What is the prognosis for the survival, the thr- you know, or, and or the ability to thrive for, for the Big Twelve over the next two or five or whatever ten years? I think they'll be fine. Uh, you know, I think the conversation, I think, need, the Overton window, so to speak, needs to be shifted, right? Because we have Power Five right now, but really, we already have Power Two. We have the Big Ten and the SEC. They're just going to make more money in the new era, right? So, where does the Big Twelve fit in? Well, the same place it fit in before, where you might have a team like Oklahoma that becomes really darn good but can't compete at that level. You might have a team like TCU that comes in and surprises the world. That's not going to be different in the new era. And and so I think what, what has happened is instead of having the landscape we had before, we have the era of super conference that we talked about 10 years ago. But instead of having four 16 teams and having everything sort of uniformed, we don't, which is fine. You know, college football is beautifully dysfunctional. So whatever, we have super conferences. It's just not even, it's not 16 all across the board. But I think the conversation about having big two and how that's detrimental to the sport, I mean, it's, it's what we have now. It's what we've had for, for 10 years. So is it going to be that big of a deal if, the SEC and Big Ten are just making more money and still producing the same product, uh, the, the same caliber product on the field. No, it doesn't matter. Hey, Barrett, we haven't talked on this show a lot about the actual football because there, there's been so much drama. <laughs> I haven't done that on my show either, Bill. Right? It's, it's cr- so let me ask you, I think I just need to, let me ask you a football question. Uh, Nick Saban has not talked with any certainty about the quarterback situation right now in in Alabama. Um, Do you think he knows who it is? And based on what you know about the choices, what is your prognosis? What is your guess for Alabama this upcoming season? No, he doesn't know yet. And I think that's fine because Tyler Buckner, you know, got in after spring practice. So you only have what a week and a half or so of, of Tyler Buckner, at least what you've seen officially. So I, I think, He's going to wait, and typically he does wait until either near the end of fall camp or even game week to even settle in on somebody. So, no, he doesn't know yet, but I do think it's a massive liability because I think the one thing well, – it's hard to criticize Nick Saban, but I think it's fair to criticize Nick Saban with this very conversation because I think he vastly misjudged how the two transfer portal windows were going to operate, right? 
you saw Lane Kiffin in the winter go get every quarterback on the planet and create the Hunger Games of college football quarterbacks. But Nick Saban didn't. He said, all right, we're going to see spring practice. We're going to see Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson and then reevaluate. And so when he reevaluated, he was looking at a group in the transfer portal that's a, a few pretty decent options. So Tyler Butner, what we know of him, I like to call him like the Bo Nix experience on steroids. I don't smoke, but I needed a cigarette after watching that South Carolina-Notre Dame bowl game because it was all over the place. It, that's not going to fly in Tuscaloosa. So you combine that with, which is relatively few starts for Tyler Butner, three to be specific, with some issues that have persisted at Alabama, specifically no go-to receiver the last couple of years and an offensive line that's sort of been shaky. What's to say the quarterback is going to be any different if it's Tyler Butner? And I think the other option is Ty Simpson, who in reality is going to offer you the same sort of style. So can, can Ty Simpson prove that he can be a star without any experience? Maybe, but this is not like the normal Alabama where you just sort of toss out a name and that dude's going to be an absolute star. I don't think it's that way right now. Barrett, either a team moving a little bit up expectations or a little bit down expectations, do you anticipate any kind of surprise, even of the mild variety, in the, atop the SEC this upcoming season? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. We get asked about this all the time, like, who's the dark horse in the SEC? In fact, I just added a, I asked it on Twitter. It's like, okay, it's LSU, it's Georgia, it's Alabama, and then it's a massive drop-off. Well, who can make that drop-off a little smaller? Is it Arkansas? Well, maybe. I mean, they've got a really good quarterback in K.J. Jefferson and a great running back in Rocket Sanders. But their defense has been atrocious. Could it be Ole Miss? Maybe. Defense a little better than Arkansas, but have a quarterback question going on. But if there's anyone that can do it, I would probably say Ole Miss. But it would be like when – when they added a question mark at the end of Ron Burgundy's teleprompter. It's like, <laughs> Ole Miss? Uh, I don't know. Sure, maybe, but it's, uh, it's going to be hard for any of those teams to compete. And how about LSU and Alabama, one of the two doing enough that Georgia has by their now mighty standards, a little bit of a, a come down this season? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think LSU can probably be the one to, to kind of you know, close that gap because – Look, everything about LSU is known, right? Quarterback in Jaden Daniels, who's going to be, you know, build off what was a really solid season. He's in the Heisman Trophy discussion. Really experienced running back core, although there is some, I wouldn't say questions, maybe a little issue here and there with who's going to be eligible. The best wide receiver in the country and a strong core at wide receiver. Really six returning starting offensive linemen and the best player, I think, in college football and Harold Perkins Jr. at linebacker, and they're getting Mason Smith back, who might be even better. Um, so LSU's, man, they're, they're loaded. They're absolutely loaded. The only question they had last offseason, or this offseason, I should say, is in the secondary, and Brian Kelly hit the portal market hard and shored up that, I think, in a really, in a really good way. So, man, I think LSU, even if they lose that opener to Florida State, which should be an awesome game, I think they can run the table and be a one-loss team heading into the SEC championship game against Georgia. And at that point, you know, the landscape's the landscape. Maybe they can even lose that game and get into the college football playoff. 
I cannot wait for this to get going. Barrett, I'm glad you uh you 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 timed your your vacation as well as you did. I can understand the magic and the beauty of that. Thanks for um, I know it's busy even now. Thanks for thanks for making time, buddy. My pleasure, Bill. Thanks for having me. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.